and welcome to the Kerrville Podcast, episode number 37. Already. Yes, 37 wow. episodes in. That's awesome. And uh, what a great podcast we have lined out for you today. We have Ashley Phillips from the Hill Country Youth Ranch. I'm Mike Taylor, along with John Barrera. And we are so great, uh, so grateful for you to be here. Uh, I didn't mean to say we were so great, but we are. Y'all are great. I think you're great. We are so grateful to be here today. We're happy and thankful for everybody that supports this podcast and everything. Uh, Extremely grateful for Jam Broadcasting to allow us to do this podcast twice a week in the Mike FM studio here at Jam Broadcasting. And we're grateful for the Hill Country Youth Ranch. We, We are extremely grateful for the Hill Country Youth Ranch. And how many years has the Hill Country Youth Ranch been around now? 45. 45, 45 years. 45 years. John, do you want to go ahead and start with some questions here? Yes. Um, what do y'all do at the Hill Country Youth Ranch? Right. And why why are y'all so established? Wow. I've never had it asked of me like that. Why are we so established? But I love that. So Hill yeah, Country. Yeah, I hear your name everywhere all the time. Really? Absolutely. That, well, that makes me happy as the marketer. <laughs> Wow. So Hill Country Youth Ranch, my um, my direct elevator spiel answer is we're a nonprofit children's home. Uh, that's that's the one sentence answer. Um, we're a nonprofit children's home. We are 501c3. We do get support from the state. We are contracted and licensed with the state of Texas. Um, and that's really neat because we we get to take we we specialize. We choose to take some of the state's most difficult, most highly traumatized abused and neglected foster care kids so we we take state kids and um as far as children's homes go not all of them take uh cps kids it's not all foster care it's not all state system there's some really big homes that are very well renowned that they've been blessed and established and they've been around even longer than us uh to build up their private funding to a point where uh, they were able to go completely private um, they don't work with the state anymore. They only take private place children. But I don't know if y'all have heard in the news um, over the last mm, three months or so, there is a crisis in the state of Texas and, and in other places as well in the foster care system. Um, there is well over 30,000 children in the state of Texas in the foster care system. That's like extremely high. That's more than the population of this town. <laughs> yeah, it is. And there are, you know, 29 million people in Texas. Right. But for 30,000 of those kids to be in, in state care custody, the words of the state. I mean, that's. Yeah, they've been removed from their family. Um, there's no one in their life that is able to be in charge of this, this child. Uh, whatever the circumstances, whatever the child's level of need is, they are a ward of the state. The state is in charge of making calling the shots for this child, and um, that's 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 horrible. And um, it's just it's harder than ever to to run a children's home, to be a foster house, you know, an individual yeah. opening your home. It's it, there's just more and more red tape and bureaucracy. And I'm so grateful that we're in a day and a time where we have regulations because you know I I, I got to speak with um, an 82 year old woman that was an orphan back in her day and being an orphan back in that day we don't even use the the term orphan anymore no it's almost offensive right and her name is annie it is offensive it is considered offensive now and so she says i am little orphan annie i mean she kind of owned that with pride y'all she told me her story and i mean it was i mean it, it was like in the movies you know back in the old school hardcore orphanage days and so 
you know, therefore orphanage, orphan, foster care, foster homes, there's a stigma with it. Okay. Yes. And they people have this imagery and this depiction in and their head. The, the movies haven't helped with that either. No, they don't. In Hollywood. Right. Yeah, right. Right. And so sells, though, I know. really appreciate the opportunity, every opportunity that I have to get out here and to tell our story because we are not even remotely close to that. Um, I've got to get you two out there. I've yeah, had the rest great. of the jam team out there. Yeah. And the first and thing that everyone says after they pick their job off the floor is, I didn't realize it was so much. This is beautiful when and, i when, when i asked justin about it and justin you know he's told me about it several times when he went out there he said that yeah. going out there was a life-changing experience really yeah. um from that moment forward he was a completely different human being because he he uh he understood a few things that he he didn't understand previously when he went out there you know yes and yeah we, we need to get out there john it we, opens we your do. eyes Let's to the world you know it's such a a hard subject to talk about yeah. um we're all parents here you know you have a i've got a one and a half year old Nicole, you have five children we got five yeah and wow. you know i couldn't imagine one i couldn't imagine being a father now my my daughter being in you know assist you know just just in being in that situation and then you said there's thirty thousand over thirty thousand oh my there's like 33 i think it's up to 36 now um you know and oh, with all the man. new regulations being pushed down from the the federal level that they don't understand the different needs from state to state it, it it is different here than it is in another state and so you've got to allow the states to adjust for their own uniqueness um, and so there's been, um, there's, there's been several large placements shut down. So there's kids that were in those facilities that they don't have anywhere to go. They're still a ward of the state and there is no state licensed place to put them. I mean, there are kids sleeping on cots in and case managers, case workers and CASA offices. That's crazy. It's a crisis. Yeah. It I'm not crisis. trying to get political here, but there's <laughs> a lot of money, you know, there's people flooding in our country and, um, there's money being put in certain places that can be put in other places. And that's really all I'm going to say Taking care of that. our own people. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Especially yeah, the kids, man. I don't devalue any other life, but, no. you know. Others I, aren't going to take care of us. I can't, I can't give to a charity more than what I need to feed myself and my child. Right. Yeah, um, so that, that mask, you know, on yes. the airplane, the same same concept. If right. the airplane's going down, you have to put the mask on yourself yes. before you can put it on other people. Right. Because... You have to be able to be able to save those people. Yeah, if you pass if, out, you're no good to anyone else. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So. It is. The, uh, it's, it's essentially the same concept, but we have a great relationship with the state. We love the state and they love us because we take their most difficult children. Um, and so you asked, why are we so established? Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I want to speak to that now because... The youth ranch is very established, right? When there's a lot of charities in this town, there's and there's some great there, yeah. new charities uh, that are addressing very important issues, and they're and they're wonderful. And I love um, some of the newer charities, um, but there is something tangible about how established the youth ranch is, and I think that certainly plays into um, our history and our founders' efforts, um, his legacy. Um, his reputation that, um, and what he has built this place into, and then our now current executive director, uh, Crystal Ramsey, she's just a powerhouse. She's a mm. force to be reckoned with, and just her knowledge and her professionalism, um, and her drive to to take that flag and to carry it on. Um, so we um, 
we the two main points I'll say first of you know what identify the youth ranch um, what makes us so special and unique as a children's home that I kind of the takeaway that I always want everyone to have when they come to know of us is one that we're a continuum of care and two that we have such a variety in programming and this was Gary and Crystal's vision Gary Prio is our founder Crystal's our now executive director um, and and um, so continuum of care means that we're licensed we have four licenses with the state we can carry care for these children at every um, level of need so the kids are actually ranked um, by their level of need there's basic care moderate intensive and intense psychiatric um, I mean we're talking in IPTP in intense psychiatric that is mental hospital yeah a patient in a mental institution mm. And we get children that are discharged from hospitals, that they are trying to get them out of that facility environment into a more normal family home-like atmosphere. And so even for a group home, you come out and it's not what you think of as a group home or a large scale uh, children's home. We have these beautiful homes. We have... um, Swimming a, pool. We have an indoor swimming pool because we have a competitive it's like swim a team. Community. Yes, yeah. we have our own yeah. church. We have our own charter yeah. school. We have a gym. Yeah. We have competitive volleyball, basketball. Um, we have a baseball field. We have a ropes course. Um, that's at our Ingram campus. That's the original campus. We have three campuses, um, and so at our other children's home near Lakey, Texas, that you also got to go see. That's a whole day in and of itself. Mm. And so that campus is all basic care children. We keep our okay. intensive kids. At the Ingram campus. That's where we have the most ability to care for those those level of Make, needs. Makes sense, yeah. Right. Intensive. Yes, oh, yeah, right. the so, higher level kids. Oh, so I want to step back in time for a second. Okay. Uh, to Gary Prio yes. and the sacrifice that he had to make mm-hmm. to get the Hill Country Youth Ranch started. You're, you're not going to believe this, John. No, please. Uh, it, it, this, <laughs> this, this is a pretty is, awesome story. This is incredible. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ashley. Okay, so Gary Prio. Uh, Prio name is uh, carries weight in this community. Uh, his mother was a Real, Real County, Lake yeah. Texas. Okay, so if you head out on 41, um, like toward past Mountain Home, you'll see Prio Ranch out there. So his family was big back in the day in the mow and wool hair industry. Um, I kind of call them Hill Country royalty. You know, there's these big family names out here, mm-hmm. these big ranches. I mean, they're, they were founding, uh, they were founding members of the the mountain home ingram area um the moors tj moore that was his uncle they donated all that land like current day ingram is his family his yeah and so he's the oldest son of this family big big game ranch they have since you know mohair went out they pivoted into exotics they have multiple properties multiple businesses um they're doing really well and he's the eldest son he's He's brilliant. He's like Sheldon Cooper, kind of like awkward brilliant. Sheldon's my boy. I love Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> uh, is that the prodigal son you were talking yes, about? Yes. On your on your the Mike FM appearance she had. Uh, yes, Th- that's pro- self yeah. self dubbed. Gary calls says that he says I was kind of the prodigal son returned home. So he, uh, uh, his father wanted him to become a lawyer to run the run the family business and uh, and everything. And he just, he's like, man, I love to read and I love the written word, but I do not care a thing about law and being a lawyer. I love kids. I want to be an English teacher. Dad paid for a Harvard education. 
He has a master in English literature from Harvard. He's brilliant. Whoa. And that, yeah, that is, I mean, to be able to get that, yeah. That's, he is <laughs> yeah. so, but he he's a, has such a heart. And so if you were to meet him today, he is he is Papa Gary. He exudes Papa Gary. He is, I mean, the kids, when they see him, they run up and they say, Papa, Papa, Papa. He, That's awesome. He was father and now he is grandfather. Uh, the kids that he raised at the ranch, they come home, they bring their kids home and he gets to play uh, grandpa to these kids and we have pictures in um, our boardroom of all the grandchildren of the ranch and so so gary he goes to harvard it's the 60s it's the yeah. dr- it's the drug revolution it is yeah he gets married up there to this um and he, he'll even tell you himself uh, he was a hippie and um marries this awesome lady and sadly um she gets very very badly addicted to drugs um and they had a child, a little boy, and she just got so consumed by uh, the drugs and, and just the hippie culture that uh, Gary found himself as a single dad. And that really wasn't a thing back in the 60s. Right, right. You know, you get married and you have a child and the wife stays home with the child and doesn't work anymore. And the family stays together forever. And the family stays yeah. together forever. There wasn't really child care options back then. I mean, yeah. the Texas law... Um, you know, DFPS wasn't even a thing back then. Gary yeah. actually used to really be big in Texas legislature and helped write a lot of the current family law. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. That's huge. Man. Yes. Yeah. It really is, Mike. And you yeah. would never know that. I mean. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so okay, moving forward in time. So, he has this child. What do I do? You know, he was kind of failed you know kind of failed his father's dream in his eyes he wasn't really doing um he wasn't with the child and caring for the child he wasn't able to work in his with his degree um so and he just he still didn't find his calling he didn't know his calling he didn't know what he wanted to do he moved to uh, the oregon washington state area he loved that area and he just worked odd jobs i mean he was a construction hand he worked for the oregonian newspaper and lived in portland and delivered newspapers because he could have little michael in the car with him he could just all he worked these jobs that he could have michael with him and so then once michael got old enough to the age um he actually he was able to get a home in the portland area and he ran an in-home daycare service he loved kids and he just had all these people that would bring kids to this home and and michael was there and um there was a uh, a day there was this little girl the same age as michael and her name was freedom because you know that's what you name your kid back in, in the, the 60s. late 60s yeah. early 70s yeah, absolutely moonbeam and all that and awesome. so here's little freedom and one day mom doesn't come to pick freedom up Uh-oh. and it turns into days and weeks and he is like going to every commune hippie commune trying to track down her mother and he finally figures out that she took off to vegas and so he writes to her he gets an address and he writes to her and he gets a telegram back saying, I'm sending you over my power of attorney for her. She's yours, love her like your own. Incredible. What? And as, yeah. in his words, he says, and that's how I became involved in other people's children. And, that was the and first that, child. That was the first child. And he realized in that moment, there is a need and there are not answers. You know, now we're talking about back in the 1960s. That was our, also. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Michael was born in 68. So I think we were already into like okay, 70, 70, 71 yeah. whenever this happened. And so um, Mike, Michael might not be happy that I just gave away his age. But um, <laughs> so so this is when Gary finally finds his calling. 
And he's like, I know what I want to do. I'm so excited. I want to build a children's home. He actually wanted to start the youth ranch up in um, Oregon and Washington, but he couldn't afford property up there. And so he knew he needed to come home and to try to find a way to get uh, family land. So he, and um, dad's business partner his, uh, was, was Gary's uncle. He was passing away of cancer. And Gary had a strained relationship with his father because his father was very old school, work hard, ethic. You're the mm-hmm. oldest son. Stand up. Stand straight. Mm-hmm. Quit acting weird. You know, but, he yeah. was, you know, because back then they didn't understand the different personalities of, of these brilliant children. Times were a lot different. Very back then. different. Yeah. Yeah. They just, you know, they just kind of whooped you into it. And yeah. so um, they always had a strained relationship. Um, and on his uncle's deathbed, he kind of called out to get you know the uncle called out to gary's father and said look you got to change now and you've got to fix your relationships with your family it's too late for me don't wait till it's too late for you and it kind of woke up his father and i think that was god planting that seed in him for what gary gary was bringing so gary's coming home for this big family meeting uncle's passing away they're divvying up things changing up the structure with the all the family businesses and he comes home with this long hair and his mother said, and he tells his mother his plan to petition his father. And she says, well, here's some money. You better go get that haircut and buy a suit if you want your father to take you serious because he's a businessman. Yeah. And you better yeah. bring a plan, a full on plan. Like you are a proposal to a mm. bank. And probably, and I'm just speculating here, if, if your dad will even do this. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, so I mean, he does. Yeah. And, and he presents, he's got charts, he's got stats. He, I mean, he's on, he's on point. We have a picture in our front office of that day of Gary standing next to his father, shaking his hand, um, smiling. And so, but at first he, he, so he gives the whole pitch. He's like, I just need some land, dad. If you can just donate some family land. And his dad says, well, first he comes in and he says, dad, I know what I want to do. I finally know what I want to do. And he's like, great. Finally. Oh, prodigal son returned home. What? He pitches on, I need some family land. I'm going to donate it into a trust and I'm going to turn it into a children's home and I'm going to get to just accept all of these unwanted children. And his father says, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to take family land. You're going to get your inheritance early preceding my death and then you're going to give it away and then you're going to lose interest and you're going to take off and we're going to be stuck with these kids and Mm -hmm. no, what? Oh, you have lost it. You've you've lost it. And And his father says, you know what? Okay, I'll tell you what. If this is really what you want, if this is really your calling, because they they don't they don't think that he's ever followed anything through. Okay, all right, I'll give you this hundred and fifty acres. It's close to town. Um, no one else wants it because it's just a caliche pit overgrown by cedar. No water. Can't run goats on it because the town dogs come and kill all the goats. No one else wants it. It's not really very valuable. I'll give you that, and that's all you get. You're out of the will. And we're talking, remember, I said big time, and he's the oldest son, big time family business ranching stuff. And he, and so, yeah, wow. I mean. Talk about leap of faith. What do you do with that? What do you do in that situation? He takes a walk and he sleeps that night and he has a dream. He tells, he, that Gary says this, he got a vision from God and he envisioned this village as it is current day in that valley. And he went to his father the next morning. <laughs> You have goosebumps. A I have little goosebumps. Bit, a little bit, yeah. And uh, he got, he goes to his father the next morning and says, Dad, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work, but um, I have to do it. It's a calling. I have to do it. Let's go. And he says, okay. And he says, from that moment on, when he showed that level of commitment, his father became his best friend and his business partner, and he learned 
so much from his father, so much. And, uh, and his father rallied for him and called all of his business partners, the community around to support him. And it was just the most amazing outpouring of love and community and effort. And the home builders association came out and they built the community center. And, um, Gary's, Gary's hippie friend came and was the first person to live on the property in a teepee and forged the garden that we have today. And that was the first program. The kids would come out and they, at first they lived in log cabins and they, they, they built the log cabins and they um, planted the garden on good Friday. That's still our tradition today. Every Easter, good Friday morning, Papa Gary gives his good Friday speech and all the kids are around. They break into teams. They plant the garden. They work the garden all summer long in the mornings. And then they go swim and play in the evenings and they get, and then towards the end of the summer, you know, it comes full circle, this whole story, life lesson tied in with scripture of planting a seed and nurturing that seed and it growing. And then you're getting to bear fruit from that seed. Well, that's just like a relationship. That's just like my relationship with it's like you. everything. Yeah. I, you know, you have to grow. Yes. And our the, relationship, the relationship with these yeah. children, we don't know if we're planting the seed. We don't know if we're breaking hard dirt and digging rocks out. We don't know if we're watering the seed, just pouring in and pouring in to see nothing coming out. Nothing's coming out of this dirt. And we're just pouring all this love and this water. Or if we're the person that's seeing that, first little sprout of green well and then maybe a caterpillar comes along and eats one of the leaves off and we have to kind of flick the caterpillar off or if we're seeing it bloom and grow or the final product getting to harvest that fruit we don't know what stage or if we're pruning maybe we're pruning you know we don't know what phase of the process we are in with each of these children because they're all in different levels of this of this growth and this life they come to us from ungodly places i mean i cannot I can't believe some of the things that these children endure before they come to call the ranch home. I don't understand how a human being can have that within them to inflict that upon another, much less most times their own child. And so I just, I, I am so grateful. I, I have never felt more called to a job in my entire life. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am exactly where I am meant to be doing directly God's work. Uh, yeah, you can't get any more direct than that. No. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, so fast forward all these years, year after year, God has just brought these amazing miracles to us from, um, you know, we accepted the donation of the Lakey Ranch and G Gary thought he was done building the Ingram Ranch. Well done, your good and faithful servant, Father God, I've served you like this is done. And God says, no, I am not done with you. I'm We're giving you a started. whole other yeah. place. And Gary turned it down three times before accepting that beautiful property because mm -hmm. he said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And finally, um, Gary's pastor and mentor said, if it's a calling, you can't deny it. You have to accept it. We had no idea how we were going to build a whole other children's home way out in the boonies. And he gets a phone call one day from someone that um, bought a discount purse at our thrift store and saw our little our little penny jar by the, the register that said, help us build our new home. And he calls Gary the next day and says, um, I'd like to help you build your, you know, I think I'd like to help you with this new project. And Gary thinks, okay, maybe a little seed money to get started. Yeah. Has him out the next day, gives him the tour, tells him everything, tells him, you know, shows him our program style at our original campus, shows him the new property and kind of the vision. And the man's like, okay, okay. All right. Have you ever heard of Texas Instruments? The company? Uh, I yes. have. Yeah, the calculator company. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Th that money built our 
our Lakey Ranch. I bet he, he over did. a three dollar purse from our thrift store, and you can see that's that. What brought that I mean, a gigantic us. company as as you go up towards Plano, they're right there on Plano on Highway they're 75. They're everywhere. Yeah, and they're more than just the calculators, y'all. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, equipment. I yes, mean, and so Gary almost yeah. didn't take that call because he thought the name that that the receptionist told him, "Hey, we've got so and so on the phone for you." And he he thought, oh, that's that light bulb salesman that swindled us. He almost didn't take the phone call, and he kind of got on the phone. Yes, this is Gary, and he's, and and he realized very quickly that's not who it was. So we almost didn't. Oh wow! Get, you know, it's just I, I want to go back to stories. the. I want to go back to the risk that Gary took for a second. Okay. How many kids has the Hill Country Youth Ranch? helped now do you know uh, our graduating number is over two thousand children have come through the youth ranch in our 45 years since 1977 since we established over, what do you mean by graduating two thousand so we say that whether you're with us six months or eight years you're a child of the ranch okay um but yeah so so kids that, that come through and call us home and and maybe there is family reunification maybe it just took time for grandma or an aunt or a neighbor to go through the state process to be to able to and, and that's not going to be easy for them either no it's not it's going to be tough for them yes it is and we yeah. like to stay a resource for them because we it you know we yeah. have a it's very hard for individuals to open up their home because it is you and all you 24 7 at the youth ranch we have a, a huge staff and we rotate shifts out and so while the the main daytime house parent you know they have it the hardest they are mom and dad you know homework picking them up from school, getting their lunch ready, cooking dinner, chores, all that. Um, then, you know, we have night staff that um, give the, ha- the the daytime house parent relief. We have night staff that's there. And so if the child has a night terror, mm. um, you know, then the, the the main house parent can sleep and get that rest for the next day. And the night staff is able to, to help them through that night terror. Um, or sense. maybe, yeah. you know, it's during the school. Cody's wife, Becky, is a school teacher and our kids love Miss Becky um, and they really bond with her. And so maybe they maybe they don't have that special connection with their art teacher or their house parent, but maybe yeah. they have that special connection with one of our school teachers. And that's who makes the difference. That's the pinnacle turning point in their life. And it's not really that much different. I mean, I would say it's probably better than a lot of the kids that are living with their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the situation, you know, you still have the same amount of people that a kid deals with. Right. You know, but they ha- they also have a lot of amenities, but they're, I mean, again, they're not with their original family. Right. But these kids, they love the Hill Country Youth. They, I mean, they mm-hmm. end up loving, and, and the people that take care of them, it's an amazing thing. Yes. I, I want to go back to the, and I, I know I just said this a few minutes ago. I'm but sorry. I cut you off. That's dude. okay. I want to go back to the sacrifice that Gary made. Yeah. When his dad told him, I'm going to give you a little bit of ground, but you're going to be cut out of your will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gary had every opportunity to tuck his tail and say, you know what? And I'm sure that will was pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This man, this man had every opportunity to say, you know what? My, I'm not going to get all this money. I'm, you know, I'm not Mm going to get this inheritance if I do this. And what if it fails? And he, he, he had every reason for a voice in his head to talk him out of this. And to tell him every single fear or worry that could happen. Yeah. It would have been much easier to go the other way. And he put all of his chips in. Mm-hmm. And he said, he he put helping people over money. Yes. Yeah. 
Most wouldn't have done that, Mike. I don't know if I would have done that, honestly. Right. You know, I might have gotten scared that, oh, man, I might lose my entire, you know. Yes. What and, do, what, I mean, the fear. I mean, even if you have the belief in this dream, the doubt, self-doubt and fear of failure. I mean, what if I do go wholeheartedly yeah. into this endeavor and maybe, maybe I make it to five, ten years and then it fails what do I have? Mm-hmm. Nothing. And 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 right now at this moment, if I don't do this, then I'll have everything I ever wanted for for the rest of my life. Everything that most most people want. What, well, what, I'm what talking about most like people think. materialistic, right. yeah, life. materialistic yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I that, mean, you can't. Uh, there's you know, when it comes yes. to family and that kind of thing, there's nothing yes. that material stuff even comes close to. But as far as being right. able to take care of my own family, yes, you know, and, and he was at a position to where, what if he was going to have a family one day mm-hmm. and how would he take care of, I mean, these are questions that I'm mm-hmm. sure he had to ask himself, what if I do have a family one day mm-hmm. and this youth ranch doesn't work out and I lose my inheritance and I'm not able to care for my family. Well, I, and also I, think about this. There, not scary. everyone realizes this other piece. So he, he doesn't own it. There's not, this is a charity. It belongs he gave to the it children. all up. He, he, his father gave him this land, and he put it into a, a trust. It, it, it belongs. It's a five hundred one c three. It doesn't belong to Gary. He doesn't own the land. So, so what? So, he, he literally even still doesn't have anything. He's, he's going to have to be very smart in investment and going forward. So, yeah. So, fifty years later. Yeah. We are at fifty years later. This youth ranch has helped over two thousand kids. Over two thousand children that would not have had the level of help that the youth ranch gives them. And they call him otherwise. dad. Um, he is so humble. Everyone always asks me, can you bring Gary out for an interview? Where's Gary? Bring him out. We want to see him. He does. He's the old man on the hill and he doesn't come down and he just, he doesn't want the recognition. He wears the same outfit every day. Well, no, He's, you don't hear Gary out in the, I mean, no. tooting his own he horn He said, that's everything. what I hired Ashley for. Go send Ashley. You don't see Gary out there tooting his own horn and all that stuff. And, right. you know, look what I did for the community. And it's look, not at, about look that. at this. It's not, it's not, it's about, not that about that at all. No, it's about, Mike, it's about our babies. When uh, Ashley was telling Gary's story, she knew every single detail. Um, the way she represents the Hill Country Youth Ranch is, it, it is probably more than they could ask for. Oh, yeah. My, my Absolutely. biggest question is, or my biggest, um, I, I noticed this, was they could have just given her the numbers and been like, hey, go get, you know, just just go tell people her numbers. Right. She was so passionate about the way she projected Gary's story. And I saw it, you know, with the yeah. caterpillar and I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it all. And, um, they made a right decision. And my question to you is, mm-hmm. if you could get paid the same amount of money, let's say a million dollars a year, doing any profession, mm-hmm. what would that profession be? If I if, if I could make if, a, a if, if job you could, change? If you could stay where you're at, making what you make, mm-hmm. or if you can make a million dollars a year somewhere else in any other profession. No, making the same amount of money. The same amount of money you're making right now. Okay. If you could do that, uh-huh. But with any profession yeah. that you could pick, would it be the one you have right now, or would it? Would you change? I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Like I said, I um, I know I know I've been called here, um, so I don't need 
a lot. And um, and I have learned to find joy in in the right things. And I because I was one I've I have wondered, you know, I've got all of this. Why am I not happy? Right. I've been there. Yeah. And and so I've made wow. the discovery of how to get from there and how to truly be happy. Um, Money can't buy happy. No. And, you know, I uh, I was I was in I worked I was a professional for about seven years um, post college before I came came to this position. Um, you know, I've got a bachelor in business and marketing and um, from Tarleton and Stephenville. Um, and I worked in medical sales, uh, for, for a DME company out of there. I did, uh, sales for a home health agency out of the Metroplex. I lived in Fort Worth, you know, I was like single girl out of college apartment, Fort Worth, West 7th, Magnolia street, having fun. It was, I've never felt so hollow making so much money, really having everything that everyone thinks that you should have like oh plastic looking like you've got it going on ashley plastic reality it was so plastic i was so miserable and alone and lonely no genuine friends i had i had nothing i had so i was making great money i was killing it i can sell ice to an eskimo okay i could see that i'm a (laughs) great salesperson i could see that I uh, I took a job change. I was look, I was throwing darts at a map, and I got I saw this job come up in East Texas, and and I just took it, and it was making nothing, and I was so happy. and And a piece of that job, um, is what started me on the path of community outreach, kind of pivoting from sales and marketing to community outreach, and um, coming from a place. Of much much less. How do you? Okay, we don't have this, so how? Are we, but we still need it, so how are we going to make it happen? And it, that ta- that that position there in East Texas taught me a valuable lesson. I met my husband. We got married. His job moved us out here, and we move here. And I'm like, okay, I know my skill sets. What am I going to do? What am I going to do here? And there's a lot of nonprofits. There's a lot of nonprofits looking for um, this type of p- person for this position. And I actually, um, the youth ranch was not one of the first that I came across. It wasn't really posted. It was a God thing. Again, it was God lining and, and people that, up. And that goes back again to the youth ranch not tooting their own horn. Mm-hmm. You know, you, look, I, I I was here nine years before I even really understood what began. Yes. Began to understand the tip of what Hill mm-hmm. Country Youth Ranch even mm-hmm. even was. Mm-hmm. And I and I still haven't been out there and I still haven't seen it. You've I, got to go. Got to go. We have yeah. to schedule it. Yeah. We, all right. After we finish this, we will schedule it. But I just want to tell you that to circle back to your, um, why is the youth ranch so established and that you hear about it before you even knew anything about it? That happened to me as well. Whenever I'm brand new to the community, my husband and I, we have no family, no friends, no one out here. I'm just looking for a job and um, I cross paths with my now supervisor and, um, he tells me about this place and he tells, and he shows me, gives me tours of the campus. And I started to meet a couple of people in the community. And so I, I, um, I had several different job offers on the table. I had job offers for a lot more money and a lot more personal time away from the job. And I, uh, I asked some of these people that I'd met in the area. I'm like, do you know about Hill Country Youth Ranch? They said, oh yes you you would do well there and i said what do you mean by that They're like you, you should really look into that place and i'm like 
what is happening here? <laughs> and so yeah. I prayed about it and I prayed about it. And, um, I, it just, there was, there was a feeling there whenever I was on site, there was a feeling there. I knew there was something about this place. I left a lot of money on the table. And I said, I, I told my husband, I said, honey, are you okay with this? Do you support me in this? And he said, yes, do what you feel is right. And here three years, me being here three years later and seeing that establishment, I saw an established organization that is doing the right thing in yeah. the right way, not making poor judgment calls. You know, when Gary said, it looks like I should, I should just be dad's lawyer and run the, and run the place and live in the big house on the big ranch and drive a nice car and wear nice clothes. But no, now I'm going to drive this old beat up navigator and wear the same old new uh, shoes every day and just be Papa Gary. For, and he is so fulfilled. The value is in the fulfillment. When I get to walk out of here. Wow, that was a good statement. Yeah. And go straight back there. And, and I, I get to see the little boy that I mentor and I give him a hug and he tells me about how, how he's doing well in school and what he's going to wear for our trunk or treat tomorrow. And, and are you going to be there, Miss Ashley? Are you going to be there, Miss Ashley? Yes. Man, that's so awesome. I'm going to be mm. there. Are you bringing Oscar, my dog? Are you bringing, are you bringing Colt? And then all the little girls show up after school and they're like, Miss, you cut your hair. Wow. <laughs> are you bringing your baby tomorrow? Yes. I'm bringing Colt to the fall festival. <gasps> Can I hold him? I said, yes, you can hold cold. And all the boys, is Oscar going to be there? My dog, I, my dog, I, oh, okay. he's very good. And I take him to work every now and then. And We had a dog named Oscar when I was a kid. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I love my <laughs> yeah. Oscar. He's a red healer. He's spooled, rotten, and fat. But the kids at the ranch love him. Mm. And uh, I just, I would, I would not, I don't know where else I would go, what else I would do. All right. Uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap up number 37. I'd say that's the perfect place. Uh, John, you got something? I got one question. It, it's going to be a hard one. It's going to be a tough one. And and I have to. I, it's been on my mind the I'll whole time. I'll answer briefly, I swear. Okay. Um, let, it's a two-part question. One is, are the kids happy? And the second is, God forbid something ever happened, but if Colt, the baby Colt was ever in the position to be at the Hill Country Youth Ranch, would you be? would you know he's in good hands? Absolutely. Yes and yes. And to, it's, it's never perfect. Life isn't perfect. You know, I love my husband and we are the perfect team, but we argue and I struggle with Colt. He is a very well-mannered kid that we struggle. We struggle with our children at the youth ranch and they are happy. And I see, and I'll see them when they're having a tantrum, they're having a breakdown and I talk to them and then, you know, or they'll be, or they'll just even be complaining about, ah, I hate it here. I hate it here. I'm like, well, why do you hate it here? well, she took this away and, and this and that. And I'm like, oh, so you got your tablet picking up because you had poor behavior and we don't just let you have open reign to the internet. They have tablets? They they get tablets. <laughs> if, if they can, like they've all asked for a tablet for, um, for a Christmas gift and they can have a tablet, wow. but the staff monitors that. Not all of them have it, They but we do allow them devices, but we don't have, allow them to have open access to the internet. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll download that's, games and, and then we shut it off and we cool. keep it under yeah. lock and key. I mean, but yeah, yes, I mean, if, kids, I think yes. personally, I think kids should have, be able to play with technology. It's, it's the day know? and time yeah. we live in. It we're is, we're yeah. not, we're not trying to be too overly controlling, but yes, I, if, you know, heaven forbid, if Greg and I passed in a tragic car accident and we had no family to take him, if he went, went into the, into the foster care system under state control, I would hope that he went to um, Hill Country Youth Ranch because, okay. 
you know, even it, it's a workplace. Awesome. This is a job. This is a yeah. job. And I love my job and I'm exactly where I need to be. But there's days where it's hard. It is hard. And, and things, I'll be struggling with something. And, I, and I'm just so frustrated. And I have to tell myself, Ashley, you know, and I, I can't help but have the thought, would it be easier if I would just go and take that job and make more money? And I could leave everything on the on the table at five o'clock and, and not have to worry about it. This job, it bleeds over into my personal life so much and I can't help it and I don't want it to stop. I want to live the youth ranch. Well, if I'm not here doing this job, then who's going to do it for them? You know, I want to do the absolute best that I can for them. And, you know, um, yeah. I'm sure Gary probably said the same thing. And who's going to do it for the kids? Yes. And and this and no matter how frustrated we may get, this is this is the best place for these kids and they know that. And they've been at other placements because they the state moves them around. That we'll we'll get them at a high level, we'll stabilize them. They're doing good and the caseworker thinks, "Oh, they're doing good. We can put them in a private home." They still have well, they're doing good because of the environment they're in and the and the program, our program and the enrichment that we put into them. You take them out of that and you put them all on just this t- these two individuals. They can't sustain that. And so they come right back to us and they ask to come back to the youth ranch. They ask. Wow. wow. To Mark, come back that was to powerful us. what you said. Gary was in that same position. I, have no, a I don't calling. know if he was in the exact well, same position, but as, as far as the statement. Yes. You know, if, if I don't do this. Then who will? Then, then who will? And if Gary and, didn't do it, this wouldn't be here. And these 2,000 children, God knows what would have happened to them. Over the years, because he made that huge sacrifice to not live a life of glory and luxury, but to be Papa. Well, thank God he was called to do this. Thank God for the Hill Country Youth Ranch. And we are thankful to have you on today, Ashley. Thank you all so much for the time. Such an incredible story. I invite anyone to reach out to me. Go to youth-ranch.org. We've got great video content so you can see some more specific stories. We could do a whole bunch of podcasts about ranch stories. I bet, yeah. <laughs> we are scheduling y'all to come out right now. Awesome. But go to youth-ranch.org, find out more. Feel free to call out there and ask for Ashley. And I love giving tours. I love sharing. I love sharing the story. All right. Episode 37 of the Kerrville Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, KerrvillePodcast.com, Facebook, just type Kerrville Podcast, and YouTube, type Kerrville Podcast as well big shout out to jam broadcasting for letting us use this studio once again yep and uh tuesday we're gonna have dr rivas from kerville family dental on with us so he's an awesome guy and make sure that you uh you find this podcast on tuesday we're working our way around kerville mike we are yeah we're uh 37 we have 38 coming up on tuesday that's awesome have a good one so cool